What's up, everybody? This is Marlins in-game host, Mike B., and you're listening to Fish Across the Pond, Marlins UK podcast with Peter Pratt. Cheers from the 305. Welcome to episode 86 of Fish Across the Pond. It's a Marlins UK podcast and I'm your host Peter Pratt and today I am absolutely delighted to welcome a five-man rotation full house from the champs. The UK goats are absolutely in town. Lead off Lee, how are we doing? I am as good as always. Good man, good man in the two spot. Sean Barrett. Sean, how are we doing? Yeah, very good. Enjoying some Miami-like weather today. Good man. And in the two spot as well. Does that work? <laughs> it just feels right. Dan Healy, welcome back. Hello, Pete. Yes, great to be back. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it's so excited to be back with you guys and uh, talking some Marlins baseball. Can't wait. Absolutely. We're going to get into what you've been doing in the meantime. But Rob Newell in the cleanup spot. How are we doing, Rob? Very good. Top of the Grapefruit League and ready to uh, spear some rays. Oh, oh, my days. My days. Well, Grapefruit League champs is correct. Have you seen the Grapefruit League winner's T-shirt in the Teespring store? Because it is available. (laughs) (laughs) That's a cop. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So, guys... Welcome, welcome to the predictions pods, the annual predictions pods, including tepid takes, which is going to be a new segment, which I've taken from Dan in his uh, Miami Heat UK. Well, I mean, there's more coverage out of Heat UK than there is ESPN for, for, for the Heat. It's absolutely sensational, mate. What, what have you been getting up to, Dan, since, uh, since we last spoke? Oh, well, um, yeah, just keeping busy with it. It's been great fun. Obviously, it was an incredible year to start the account last year with a uh, incredible run all the way through to the finals, which uh, was the longest season ever. Obviously, with the break as well. Um, but it's just it's been it's been fantastic. Obviously, just seeing every game, live tweeting every game, but you know, getting involved with the other things. The podcast is going good. Um, we've now started the Miami Heat UK TV YouTube channel, which has now got free shows on it. And we've also just started the um, uh, the live pregame streams, which is almost every uh, game day. But uh, with us all leaving busy lives, family lives, etc., doesn't always become the case. But that's great fun as well, just uh, interacting live with other people and other fans, uh, both sides of the ponds. It's uh, it's great fun, and uh, this well, season's been a bit up and down a bit um a bit topsy-turvy but um we were never any other way keeps us on our toes absolutely well congrats to you buddy I, I'm, I'm kind of dipping in and out as you know i'm not a, a huge basketball fan but you know want to you know check in with you and your progress and, and whatever and every time i drop on there seems to be a new guest and everyone's just <laughs> you know this hype all over the show so oh yeah well to you, mate. and there's there's always a vast array of heat jerseys in the background too which uh, which is nice yeah, it's always an expensive time because they've dropped uh, another two uh, over since New Year, um, which I've, I've ordered both of them, uh, <laughs> waiting for them to come over from the States. And now, obviously, Marlins and then into Miami as well. They're, they've just lo- released their new kit. It's going to be an expensive month this month. Absolutely. Got well, to do it, though. 
where, where do you sit on the Marlins jerseys anyway? We haven't spoken about this uh, this year. The Blues, the Blues are well. They've been in fashion. There's, there's been a, a call for them to be using the regular season, mate. Uh, which is your favourite, mate? Well, the, the black on black still remains my favourite. That is the that's the all time. That is just that is bad boy. I love it. But absolutely, I I, I mean, the, the, why is the blue not used? I mean, blue is part of the, the electric blue and Miami are hand in hand. So I can't understand. I saw something might have even been from yourself about they were saying that there might have rumours maybe that this might be brought into to the normal rotation. Did I read that somewhere? If it isn't, it should be because uh, as as you say, it, it, it's Miami all over. Well, you know this podcast, mate. We we make the news. We don't just <laughs> we don't just break it. We make it. So <laughs> absolutely, uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, I was putting out earlier saying I think the DH will be signed in the next twenty four hours, and I think they'll confirm the Blues. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, guys, it's great to have everyone here. Uh, full house, the five-man rotation is going to be a lot of fun. And really, what we're going to do is uh, just recap on the news from the last week. And there's been tons. So we'll try and fly through that at a, at a good pace. The main, the meat of this podcast is predictions. And uh, we're going to go through the analyst specifically. Give us your one to fives and a Marlins win-loss. Uh, number so I'm looking for specific wins. I can see Rob Newell is adding a few wins as we speak. The talk of the blue jerseys being used. I can see Lee taking a few wins off. Don't know why, but he's always pessimistic. So <laughs> you know, we'll get into that, guys. And then I've got a ton of Twitter tepid takes. We're going to go round. We're going to air them all, and we're all going to give a well. We're going to give a score to them, uh, how likely they are. Then we're going to round up with our own tepid takes and rank them and just get in and have a bit of fun with it, guys. So should be a great pod. Um, let's start with the news, though. Um, the, the main, I mean, like I said, there's been a lot. Uh, the name, the TV deal has dropped last week. So that was announced. Well, I say it's announced. Confirmed that Bally Sports, uh, they have a deal in place. But it's unconfirmed in terms of the the length and the value, albeit the value is being reported at 50 to 55 million per year, which is effectively what it should have been uh, historically and was, I guess, the going rate. So uh, I think it's good news for all, obviously, local <laughs> local Marlins fans that rely on on what was Fox Sports, now Bally's. But, but that's signed and sealed. It was never in doubt. They were always making a deal. There was talk of, you know, our streaming services, but... You know, great to see they got that done. Um, and it's great to see as well they've retained pretty much all of the team and added to it. I know Jeremy Tache is part of that team now as well, uh, running some social media stuff for them, as well as some other kind of bits and pieces. But all the main crew from last year from Fox Sports, all back. So that's good news. Then today, more news. Another tick. What we've said, we need to see the deal. Boom. Done. What do we need? Well, we need naming rights for the stadium. We need more cash because we need to invest in the players. Well, good news is, I don't, again, not, not sure on the values, but the naming rights is there. Who is it? Who's got, who is it? Lone Depot? Not to be confused with Home Depot, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Lone Depot, yes. never heard of them. Um, I assume they are a financial lender. And um, I'll have to scrub up on what they are and who they are. But anyway, it doesn't matter. As long as they're paying for the privilege of having the naming rights of the World Series champs in 2021, then fair play to them. So another tick, 
we look back, what was on the list? The list for me off the field has been delivered. The question now, this is where I'm going to lean on you. Come to you, Lee. We now have a ton of cash, a lot more money. What are we going to do? That Who are we going to extend first? Is it BA or is it Sandy? Who is extended first of them two? Because one of them is getting the extension. Uh, I say hopefully both. I mean, if we're going to do one first, it would probably be BA, I'd, I'd guess. Because I, I, I mean, I, it's, he'd be closer to being, to being a free agent. And obviously, being I think a, a hitter, you know, you want to sign them up first. So yeah, but hopefully by the end of this season, we will assign both, you know, your long, your long-term deals. Love it, makes sense. I mean, the hashtag PayBA has been going yes, on for like what two years like, or yeah. something. So it'd be, it would feel like a slap in the face if they then just went and extended Sandy. I know Sandy yeah. is the ace <laughs> and he's a big leader, but listen, I, I think. For me, I think they need to make that move. Like, for me, that is the next move. They've secured some finances that take them back to a level. Sean Barrett, what about you on that, on that buddy? I mean, you like to sit on a few islands, but pay BA, I'm pretty sure you're, you're up for that one too, right? Yeah, I agree with both of you. Um, and the same reasons for what Lee said. Uh, extending a, a hitter is far more convenient than extending a pitcher. I think Sandy's still got quite a few years of control. It just it doesn't pay to extend the guy that early in yeah. into his career. Um, also, with the, with the money, it depends on what we do with other players. Do we extend Marte? Do we do, you know, we 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 either trade him or we have to resign him. So, turns out there's there is extra money, but it it's not going to extend everybody. No, no, I think it would just feel right, like across the fan base, where you make these deals. And naturally, everyone starts to think, right, what free agents are we having? That's the one that's been knocking around, right? Who are we signing? For me, core looks, the core looks nice. The core looks sweet. Pay the core. Keep them here and build around the core. Obvious, right? So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So, again, that, that news has just dropped today. So, uh, of course, we're recording on a Tuesday. So, need to dig into the details on that and understand a little bit more about it. I think I saw a 10-year deal flashed around i don't know the value though i don't know if any of any of you guys seen the value anywhere guys shaking the head so no no on the value we'll report that next week okay so that is the off the field on the field there's been some moves too uh rob newell um let's start with the the rotation side um looks so main news sixto sanchez optioned uh as expected though right yeah, uh, I think we said in the last podcast, and we with six stones delay into the squad, and he has not thrown as many innings as let's say Sandy or Pablo, Trevor Rogers. But the other thing was is that we always knew he was on an innings limit anyway. So it's whether you start him now at the start of the season or later on in the season, and that's that's their that's their option. Same thing goes with Trevor Rogers. He is on an innings limit. So you, having Trevor Rogers and Sixto together doesn't make a lot of sense because in effect, you know, both of them aren't going to be doing 200 innings in a season. So it made perfect sense. Just give him more time to warm up. Um, and and also that thing in the background of Sixto, they're always being very careful with him not to push him too hard because of the injury concerns that they, they've had. So... 
absolutely the right decision. And the other thing about there's no panic of a four-man rotation because in a couple of weeks, things change. And we've said this all the time when we've been thinking about like things like the outfield and how it's going to work and the bullpen. You know, injuries are sadly a reality. And, um, you know, players got on and off form. And these young guys, this last season was a, a, a tiny season. This is the first time they're going to have that whole 162 full season. We're going to have a lot of rotation going on. So, yeah, totally agree with, with Sixto uh, having a bit more time and then bring him in. You want Sixto right on form, full power. You don't want him anything else. The way I think the way the schedule played out, he was late to camp. Schedule allows a four-man rotation, as we've talked about. We knew he wasn't starting. He wasn't going to be playing in the first week. We knew he was going to be optioned. It's all in the plan. It was clear. One other thing, Rob, before I pass it on to uh, to Dan and get his take on second base, is Gio Gonzalez, your man. You broke the news a few weeks back. Came in, one appearance. I guess you know, realized he didn't. You know, the body wasn't there anymore. You know, it's always that kind of sad realization. I guess as a player where. The mind wants to carry on, but the body just gives up. Um, you know, we, we didn't get to see him, but what a great career Gio Gonzalez, though, right? Yeah, it just, uh, he, uh, uh, from being a, a high layer guy, he was a constant thorn in the side yeah. of us for, for the Nationals, you know, consistent. Uh, one of those, you, you, you sit down and you say, oh, it's Gio, we're against him. And you know, full world, you go seven, eight innings. And he'd be really economical, um, just such a, a good range of pitches as well. He's just one of those annoying people to, to <laughs> face against, really, but a great long career as well. You know, I, I know he struggled a bit with the White Sox last year, so maybe the realisation was that, you know, his body was, was slowly not giving him the results that he wanted, but it's um, at least he gave it a go, and at least he stopped before, you know, he could have potentially embarrassed himself if, if he uh, had a, a rough time but great player great career great attitude and um you know hopefully he'll have a good coaching career and maybe with us maybe he delivered one of the best marlin zoom rooms i would say this year too he uh, he absolutely lit the room up he came in like you'd expect i mean if you put me in that zoom room and started asking questions that that was the kind of answers you were getting from gio gonzalez he was sitting there like a fan with his, with his Florida Marlins cap on and just spitting fire. And it was great to see and listen to, um, you know, when I, and there was a bit of an emotion, I think, ending for him where it, one of his last bullpens, um, Donnie uh, stood in the box and, uh, and, you know, he kind of pitched his one of his, you know, what he knew was going to be his last pen with Donnie in the box and, you know, kind of said, that's me done type of thing. So I'm pretty sure that would have been a very emotional moment for him, for Donnie, uh, for the team, you know, he's a fan, um, you know, but class act. We know Donnie's a class act, but anyway, let's, um, Dan, been sitting there nice and quiet, mate. I wanted to come to you because uh, second base, we haven't had your take on second base all the way through all this position battle that's been rumbling on for weeks. Here's what we now know. Isan Diaz optioned. Jazz Chisholm, the king, the prince, the stud, takes it. Give me, give me that Jazz Chisholm hype, buddy. Well, first of all, can I? Has uh, the Peter Pratt jersey curse struck again? <laughs> I believe so. As doesn't it? Um, look, I mean, I I, I like uh, Isan Diaz. I think that he's got future. He's going to be he's going to be a good player. But what 
I remember it's been a long time since I spoke uh, Marlins um, baseball with you guys, and I remember saying one of, in last season's episode that the player that I was most excited about was Jazz. And what I love about supporting this team, we saw it last year. I know people will say that maybe because it was a shortened season, more of a sprint than a marathon, that you could maybe throw um, a few fires in uh, like unexpectedly. But what I love about this team is if you're good enough, you're in. Mm. And they've shown that. And Jazz has taken his chance 100%. So um, it's, it's the right move. Um, I'm really, As I said last year, I, I'm, I'm more excited about seeing Jazz than any other player. I think he's got all the tools there. He's, uh, he gets you out, uh, gets you um, out your seat. So uh, yeah, it is the right thing. It is, it is the right thing to have done. He deserves it, and um, it also shows that to other people that are in his position, that their call if they perform might not be too far away. So it's the right move. Absolutely top summary, mate. And I think I, I tweeted this out as well, specifically saying the, the beauty I like about the Marlins is. None of the service time manipulation palaver that goes around in other, you know, other teams. The Marlins are serious. If you play well and you're ready, you're in. Doesn't matter who you replace. It doesn't matter. You're in if you're good enough. And that is, as a fan, I think that's all you want. Like, if I was a fan of another franchise where they're making all these moves, you know, because they want this year of control, it would just do your head in. Like, it really would. So I, I, the move is the right move. We went into spring, we've said it many times, if Isan just did okay, it was probably going to be his. But unfortunately, it didn't happen for him, and Jazz came on real strong at the end. So he earned it. The heat was on, he knew the door was open, and he walked through it. So well done, Jazz. Uh, right, one final bit then, guys. And I'll come to you, Sean. We were scratching our heads two weeks ago. Talking about the bullpen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the Marlins front office have been also scratching their head thinking about this bullpen because, I mean, it's a head scratcher because there's too many guys and not enough spots. So here's where I think we've landed. Uh, overnight, the fireman, James Hoyt, traded to the Angels for cash considerations. Hey, we are. Naming rights, TV deal, cash considerations. Hashtag pay BA. But anyway, that will come. So Hoyt is gone. Um, I want to tip my cap to James Hoyt, who came in one of the COVID replacements, and he was just sensational last year in so many leverage spots, not right at the back end of the games, but mid-game, bases loaded, bases juiced, didn't matter, send in Hoyt, the fireman. He put it out and get out of there. So well done to him. Wish him well in uh, over at the Angels. So... Looks like we're going with a nine-man, though. Looks like both of the Rule 5 dudes are in, it looks like. So I think it's going to be nine rotation arms. Uh, Hoyt, gone. And Bendermania, unfortunately, for now, is put on ice. But we'll see what happens there. How, how you see in the bullpen, buddy? Yeah, I think it's really interesting that coming into the spring training, we were thinking, you know, how's this all going to play out? Have we got enough decent arms? Turns out that the Marlins consider them to have too many arms and get rid of Hoyt for cash considerations. I'd, I'd consider some LA Dodgers money if we can get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got plenty to go around, I'm sure. Yeah, Bendermania, a bit of a shame, but we kept saying through podcast after podcast, we've got these two Rule 5 guys, they're pitching well, be a shame to lose them. So I think ultimately there aren't too many surprises in in the way that they've they've built the rotation or the, the bullpen. And 
yeah, I think ultimately we've done the best job that we can to keep as many of the arms available to us. Yeah. It's tough. I'm, you're right, we're going over all ground. Two Rule 5 guys, you're kind of trapped. You, you keep, you play, or you give back. And clearly the Marlins weren't ready to give them back. I just want to put a health warning out there. I want to put this on the record. You know me. I like to put out my thoughts and uh, revisit them in the future when they're, they're proved to be completely wrong. Um, Campbell, Paul Campbell, I'm worried. I'm concerned. I've seen him pitch maybe once or twice. Dreamy stuff. But boy, he leaves some hanging breaking balls like that in this league disappear very, very quickly and hard. Um, I've seen it. I've seen it at least twice. I'm, I'm concerned. Um, it's something to monitor. Let's put it that way. I'm not overly sold on that one. Pop, I'm all good. Pop looks, the name's flair. The stuff is insane. But Campbell, for me, I think if he has a, a bad start, and you know, this is the other thing, Lee, coming to you on this one, mate. They've got nine arms now. The next roster crunch will be in two weeks' time when Sixto is coming up because he's ready. Yeah. Let's say everyone is still healthy. You know, there's going to be another decision to make in the bullpen there. Who's going to be the next guy that's gone? I mean, it'd be tough on a tough, you know, to, to, to like separate them. So I, so I mean, I guess in one way, you know, they're going to know that that they're all, you know, all, you know, like short leash because you know it's. It's like a two-week trial for some, you know, and it, and if they, they don't put they don't put you know you know come out the gate gate firing, then in, and in, in two weeks when six toes up, you know you know they they could be be gone. Exactly, I need to dig in to work out like who who's got options, like who who can we yeah, move so around if we down to that. if we need, yeah. Because and the other thing, you know, by that time after two weeks play. You know, someone has a rough outing. Next thing is, oh, they've got a sore elbow, you know, yeah. onto the IL for 15 days. You know, you can move your roster a little bit like that, manipulate it around with a few of these pen arms. So, you know, if someone gets, let's say, you know, before Sixto comes back, someone gets heavily blown up, you know, a Simba or whatever, Detweiler, and you go, actually, yeah, his arm's a bit, bit sore, <laughs> you know, take a spot. We'll get Sixto back and we'll crack on. So... I think that's the most likely situation is Sixto comes up and someone goes IL um, is, is just what I'm saying, you know, at this point, but we don't know what we don't know. We don't know if there's any real injuries. Air quotes. <laughs> Never done that before. I said that before and I'm 37. I'm way too old to say that. Anyway, guys, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Let's get into it. Um, I want to start with NL East predictions and we are going to go in batting order of course so lee dobbs i'd like to hear from you from five up to one your nle's predictions for 2021 All right from uh, from five phillies in fifth oh <laughs> yes sir start firing phillies in fifth nationals in fourth marlins in third met second and braves to win it again Wowzers. Um, Marlins, okay, third spot. Third spot. Eddie, that will be an eye-opener. Can they clinch a wild card with that third, or is it going to be too far off for the wild card? I think so. I've got, I had them down as 84 wins, which probably won't be enough for a wild card spot. Yeah. But, you know, it could be close. It'd be close. Yeah, it will. 
It will, but I, I well, I mean, no, obviously, obviously, I mean, they they might change the postseason yet, so <laughs> you know, who knows? But I mean, yeah. if, if if the format remains as it is with the two wild cards, yeah. a, you know, eighty four is probably not you know not enough. Love it. So eighty four wins, Marlins in third. Yes. Bravos, Mets, Marlins, yeah. Nats. I think Bra- Braves and Mets will be separated by you know a game or two. Okay. I mean, and I mean the Phillies, they're not going to be like you know sixty wins, but I have, I'd have them low low seventies with the Nats or you know seventy seven ish. Wow! 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 The bottom feeders, the Phillies. Yeah, the bottom feeder Phillies. Suck it, Phillies. <laughs> Love it. Love it, Lee Dobbs. Pessimistic Lee, I was completely wrong. <laughs> take it back. I take it back. Oh, Sean Barrett, how do you follow that one up? Yeah, I'm not actually that much dissimilar, to be fair. I have the Nats in fifth place. I think they had a pretty uninspiring off-season. I've got the Phillies in fourth. Again, they've resigned their guys, but nothing that exciting. Got the Marlins third, and then, yeah, the Mets and the Braves. Mets second and Braves first. Okay. How many wins for the Marlins? 84? Over under? I, I, I hate to do this, but I think I'm going to be the pessimistic one. I've got them about 76 wins. Oof. 76 wins is good for third place in the East. Wow. I think it's going to be real. I think there's going to, we're going to beat each other all up. I don't yeah. think there's going to be a runaway winner. I think the Braves and the Mets, yeah, they will, they will fight it out for the, the win, but I don't think either of the teams get to 90 wins. Okay, love it. Dan Healy, over to you, buddy. What have you got? Yeah, um, I've got the Nats in fifth, then the Phillies in fourth. Every single part of me wanted to go higher, but I've got the Marlins in third. And then, yes, so I'm following on with Sean here. Then, yeah, the Mets and then the Braves. Um, I've got Miami just a couple of games above 500, which is what? 83, 84, I yep. think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that. You're back on the league. I, I, yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, very similar to Lee. Um, just the, the, those bottom two swapped over. I, I wanted, I so badly wanted to put Marlins higher than that. Um, but I think that's about as optimistic as I can get. Uh, I think that there's a bit of a gap, to be honest, between between those top two and, and the rest of the pack. But um, a brutal um, division, absolutely brutal, by far the most competitive in, in baseball. Agreed. We say that every year, though. We said yep, that true. going into last year, and then a couple of teams just were... They, they're the best... It's the best division on paper, for sure. Yep. Um, no doubt. It's got the, a lot of the names that we know most about. Uh, we'll see. Um, Rob, over to you, buddy, and then I'll, uh, I'll round it off. So, considering that my predictions tend to be as far wrong as you can really get it. Remember me trashing the Nationals on on Dave Shaw's Phillies. I do. They went on to win the World Series, right? They did, yes. Yes. Um, so it wasn't the greatest prediction. Um, so it doesn't really matter what I predict. So I am going to predict in a very, um, how should I put it, overinflated, the Marlins are wonderful, I'm just going to ignore the other sides type way. Okay. And um, so in fifth, I have the Nationals of serious worries about their rotation um, below, you know, Strasbourg and, and, and Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Um, the Phillies, the same. I think they get any injuries. I think they're, they're doomed. 
uh, with their rotation as well. So I have them in fourth. Nationals, uh, I've actually put the number of wins. I've got Nationals at 77, Phillies at 78. Then in joint second place, and I've obviously put the Marlins above, are the Marlins and the Mets with the Braves running away with it slightly. Okay, so I've got the Marlins and Mets at 88 wins each and Braves at 95. 88 wins for the Marlins, Rob Newell. I see your I see your 84, guys, and I will raise you 88. So, and I haven't been drinking. And um, <laughs> uh, and the, the, the reason for it, and I can't really come up with many facts for this, um, is that I think we've talked about Sixto, like going down um, and then coming back up, you know, partway through the season. And if... If we have any injuries, and we hopefully we don't, but it's, it's the fact of baseball, we've got Nick Nider, Edward Cabrera could come back. There's The list goes on, Daniel Castano. Yeah. Arms for days. And I don't think any other team has that depth. No way. At all. Not even close. And that's where I think it could be pivotal to us. There'll be points where all of these rotations, as good as all of the... The you know we come fifth probably when it comes down to the batting side of things, but when it comes down to the pitching side of things, I think we're first, and um, and that I think could be massive over 162 games. Yes, we've got young arms; it could all go wrong, but if it does go right, we're going to be far more competitive than anybody ever thought. Love it, mate. I uh, I saw something from David Sampson the other day. I I quote retweeted and I guess gave my opinion on it and it's in line with yours, Rob, but what, what David Sampson was saying was, you know, with from 60 games to 162, everyone is going to be managed. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what team you're, you're going to be managing your rotation in a way that you haven't done before. And you're going to see more innings limits because they're just trying to keep guys going. Like it'll be a shock to the system to have to try and do this over a sustained period. So, and I, but I, I, I thought I, Great point, great observation, I think. I, I agree. And secondly, I then, my view was perfect. Puts the Marlins in an absolute A, a position because, well, what have we got? Arms for days. Arms for days, full of depth that's ready. All the other dudes in the NL East, everyone I hear talk about their teams in the NL East. I've heard a lot. All of them say, yep, good one, two, three starters. Don't know about four or five. Well, if they don't know about four or five, God knows what six, seven, and eight looks like. It looks dog shit. That's what it looks like. So I'm, I'm fearful for those dudes because they're already hoping that their top three stay healthy and most of them are old or have question marks. Then they've got a couple of dice rolls at four and five and they hope they work out. And then they're going to wheel in four other dudes during the year and hope they're okay. That doesn't sound like winning baseball to me. The Marlins, what are we going to roll out? Well, we're going to roll out Dan the Man Castano. We're going to roll out Trevor Rogers. We're going to roll out any other stud that we feel we want to. They're going to hit the ground running. Happy days. That's why the Marlins were successful in 2020. Because dudes propelled in, performed. No one else could do it. So there you go. Rob Newell, love that. I'll finish up on mine. And let me just get my notes out here. Where did I go with this? Did have some deliberation. Yep, okay, Nats in fifth. Too old. They are the biggest stars and scrubs team there is. 
they've effectively got like two or three stars and the rest are terrible. Terrible. The Mets in fourth for me. I know you guys, you're all, you're all high. Listen, the Mets. No, I'm not having it. I am not having the Mets any day of the week. Not a chance. They finish under 500. No, no, no. The Mets in fourth. The Phillies get a promotion in this uh, predictions. They're in third. The Marlins in second. The Bravos run away with it, in my opinion. I actually don't think this division's as strong as the people are making out. I think the Nats are ready to blow up. I think the Phillies have a lot of weaknesses. I mean, they have improved their bullpen, but rotation questions. Um, the Mets, I'm just not. I'm just not having them. I'm not having it. And I think the Braves are the, the class. So, and I think the Marlins absolutely just cruise it to second. I think we cruise it. High 80s. High 80s for the wins. Mickey Rowe leads the boys to another wild card. There you go. You've got a good point in what you say about the Mets because two of their big signings, Carrasco and T.R. Walker, Walker, I might have mispronounced that, Neither of them, I don't think, have pitched over 100 innings since like, 2017 or 2018 season. Rasco's um, groin's already fallen off, hasn't it? His hamstring. I mean, yeah. he's cooked. So it's not, it's, not, it's not as... The signings... Obviously, it's, it's the, what the Mets have done is like a, a one-year complete rebuild almost. And, but bringing in someone like VR, we know how unreliable he was for the Marlins. Took five wins off for that one. Alone. Jeff McNeil was incredible last year. Has looked awful in spring training. So you know it, it, there is a it's maybe not as strong as what everybody says it is. And I think there's a massive amount of hype thinking, oh, the Mets were cursed, but now they've got a new owner. So all the ridiculous I bought all their Mets jerseys. Things, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> there, there's the real reason. But you know all these silly things that have happened uh, won't happen anymore. Um, but there is there is some real question marks when you go through that, and I suppose you could do that with any of the sides. Yeah. But with with the Mets, I'm surprised how much hype has been given to them. Agreed. They're overpumped. Big market overpumped. Okay, they made they made a big trade, right? Stick get in Lindor. It's an upgrade, no doubt. But they got Carrasco. His hamstring's gone. Thor's coming back at some point. Who knows? It's coming off Tommy John. Who knows? I've seen Strowman because he pitched against us like every spring game Strowman was pitching against us. He's bang average. I'm not having the Mets. Edwin Diaz got blown up by our backups the other day. Knocked about four or five runs against Edwin Diaz. That's your closer. I'm not having the Mets. Not any day. Actually, I think I'm being generous Put him in fourth. I might actually put him down to fifth. No, the Nats are too old. No, I'm staying there. Nats fifth. Okay. Whew, I mean, that may have been the hottest take of, uh, of the whole episode. I don't know. I mean, we're going to get into some now. So, okay, guys, here's what we're doing next. I have put it out to Twitter Universe and said, give me your hot takes for the Marlins. We're going to go around in, in batting order. Each of you guys, I'll give you one. Give me a score, one to ten. Ten being you can really see that happening, and one, like, not a, not a chance in hell. Let's just have a bit of fun with this. So, uh first <laughs> uh the first one actually this uh yeah let's start with this because it made me laugh it was from uh ethan badowski from fish stripes top dude um top part of the the, the marlin zoom room too but <laughs> the thing i liked about this he said um st standings predictions are pointless is the first thing he said 
so thanks for that buddy um you know thanks for for calling that out but um his hottest take uh, lee was the marlins rotation will look like sandy pablo sixto nodges rogers and nider those five at some point will be the marlins rotation through the year uh yeah maybe not far off maybe uh, seven maybe you know, could happen. I think so. so, so yes, yes. Who was the who was the one, the one missing? It's Eliezer, really, isn't it? Eliezer, yeah, yeah. So he's the I one. Can definitely see that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say yeah. It's, it's not out of the question. So yeah, about seven. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for that, Ethan. Um, loved. I still love the caveat of uh, yeah. FYI, standings predictions are pointless. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a. Uh, a 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hardest takes of all of them that are most accurate. You're right. These predictions are absolutely pointless. Anyway, they make, they make good podcasting and uh, yeah. it'll be fun to review. Okay. Sean Barrett, onto you, buddy. You have got the Godfather. So the Godfather has put out there. He's put a few out, actually. So I'll, I'll run through them and, you know, see where you land. He's put Bloday up earlier than expected, um, which is one. But this is the one that I want you to get. I want your take on. Actually, this is this is the ultimate one from the Godfather. Eight Marlins hit twenty or more home runs in twenty twenty one. Eight. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo, the Godfather. Hope you're doing well, Danny. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go against the Godfather. That's for sure. Um, eight is a lot. <laughs> that's that means you you've got Alfaro hitting twenty. That means you've got, yeah, I mean, you've got Alfaro, Aguila, you've probably got Chisholm hitting 20, BA, Dickerson, Marte, Duval, that's only seven. Who's adding Coop, obviously. <laughs> Do you know what? That's not that hard to achieve, I think. I, I think I'm giving that an eight. Oh, love it. Love it. I, I did see him tweet that on Twitter uh, separately. And, uh, I think I I bounced it back. I went, I can see nine because I added Miggy Rowe into the list from memory. So, yeah, I'm with you. I like that one from The Godfather. Other other notes from him or, or things uh, just, uh, just to air it is uh, he, he thinks Marte will get a two-year extension. And uh, he, he also thinks the Marlins will do well but will miss the wild card um, closely just because the division beats up on each other. So, okay, uh, Dan Healy, for you, buddy, we have... Uh, who have we got? We got from Red Garcia, so Red, part of um, the Marlins barbecue crew. Um, he's got Miggy Rowe, Aguilar, and Coop all traded at the deadline. Oh, dear. Oh, my days. <laughs> well, I, I, my heart will bleed if that happens. <laughs> I mean, um, uh, I mean, yeah, you could you could see it could happen. Um, I just pray it doesn't. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, um, I think you've got you've got the issue, haven't you, at first base with with um, Aguilar and Cooper and who's going to whether they're just going to keep swapping in and out, um, whether or not they bring in DH, which will obviously help us a lot. But I don't know whether that's going to happen now. Um, Rojas would look like he was out at one point and then played the best baseball of his career in the second half of last season. So uh, it's it's a difficult one. You could see it happening. I'm just really going on emotional point of view and hope it doesn't. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's realistic, I suppose. Um, seven. Yeah. Agreed. It's, you know, Miggy, uh, I mean, 
look at the contract situation. Aguilar, uh, has Aguilar got one more year of control? One more, yeah. Always get confused that. So Aggie's got one year of control. That's valuable. Miggy Rowe's got a team option, I believe, baked into his deal, um, or maybe a player option. There's an option anyway of the back end of that. And Coop is still where's Coop? Is Coop has he reached up? I don't, I don't even know where Coop is financially. Yeah, so two years of control for him. So, I mean, uh, they're valuable assets, these guys, because they come, they're not just pure rentals, I think is the point. So maybe that, I think that's the interesting thing for them is whether they, because the Marlins will value them because they have control, they're not rentals, they may not be the dudes to, to go. I don't know. Okay, Rob Newell, here's your one, buddy. Um, we have got for you, uh, this is from... This is from Vicente, uh, Vicente from Spain. Hope you're doing well, Vicente. You've got JJ Blade makes his MLB debut uh, in 2021. So Blade will be up. <clears throat> he also added, and, and bearing in mind he, he put this out a week ago, Jazz makes the opening day roster. So Vicente's got Formia. Uh, he also puts the Marlins will make a big trade to acquire a future of the franchise type piece. No names given, but um, let's not speculate on that. I think let's hone in on the J.J. Blay. Do we see him in 2021? Uh, he thinks yes. One to ten. What are you thinking? A ten. I Whoa! Think it's, 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 it's seen as uh, uh, spring training was great. Um, as hopefully they'll uh, he'll, he'll spend some time on the alternative site and and then into Triple A. Um, and as long as he has a, a decent AAA season, we will see him either in September or if the Marlins are struggling and do trade away the pieces like, you know, Dickerson, Duval, Marte, then obviously there's there's natural openings there, well, obviously with the with Dickerson probably more than anything else. Uh, and he'll be in. He is definitely the, 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 the future in the outfield. Um we have other options also in that outfield, but um, you know, Blade is the the number one guy we're now looking forward to, to seeing. And yeah, without a doubt, we'll see him in September, if not before. Yeah, love it. So we're gonna get now. Uh, there's a big theme that's coming up now in my notes I've taken down. Pitchers, we're about to get in some pitching ones. So let's let's go back to the top of the order, Lee Dobbs. We've got our man Jonathan Fernley. Hope you're doing well, Jonathan, buddy. Uh, I've seen he's been pumping out a lot of pointless stats around ice hockey uh, all through all through their offseason, which has been fun to watch. Um, he's got Sandy Alcantara gets some Cy Young votes this year. Yes, yeah, so 10. Oh, 10? Oh, wow. Tell yeah. you what, these, these takes, uh, they're scorching hot. <laughs> I, say, uh, I think he will be in the top five for, for, yeah, 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 for Cy Young. Uh, yeah. Oh. I think he will have a true, true, you know, breakout season. You know, his, his ERA will will not be low, low twos. I mean, the, the, the strikeouts will will not go up a bit. And yeah, I mean, obviously the wins is a pointless stat, but that may may hurt his, his Cy Young a bit. You know, because we we might not not get him the wins. You know, like you know, like to get to like number one, but yeah, I, be, the wins I, will be I, there. I don't we'll worry about the wins. Some some votes. <laughs> But yeah, a ten. I, I I think he will get get some votes. Yeah, you'll get yeah ten for some votes, and you're actually saying you see him as a top five yeah, in the top side. Top five, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Handled it. 
Wowzers. Okay, Sean, over to you, buddy. Similar theme. Uh, David Torres has got down uh, Sandy and Pablo, Psy finalists. What, what, how many are in the finalists? Is it top five or top ten? Unclear. Let's go with five. So Sandy and Pablo, Psy finalists. And he's also added, so I'll get you to take on both of these, three Marlins players are all-stars in 2021. I guess in the two of them, must be. If he's got Sandy and Pablo as side finalists, then they must be all-stars. And then I guess he's got one other. So what's your take on that one? I think Sandy and Pablo absolutely have the talent to be Cy Young winners. I think in this, this year, you're going to be needing to pitch 180, 190 innings to get the, the strikeouts and the wins to, to become a Cy Young finalist. And I hope that they don't pitch that many innings. I think if you if you're stressing young arms after only throwing so few last year, that is a a key way to get arm issues. So I think they've got the talent for it. I just hope they don't throw that many innings. Okay, three all stars. I think there's a chance. I think because we're talking about controlling innings and everyone's going to be controlling innings beginning of the season, there aren't going to be those runaway guys throwing that many pitches. I think everyone's going to be in that same sort of ballpark. So it comes down to talent then. So I think, yeah, I think you could realistically expect two of the pitchers, whether that is Sandy or uh, Sandy and Pope Pablo. And I still want to throw in Sixto in there. I think he could probably get enough innings to sort of put his name out there. And yeah, I mean, Marte's probably a key guy. If he can get 10, 12 home runs, stolen bases, hits 300. To yeah. me, that's an all-star. He's been scorching as well in spring, hasn't he, Marte? He's been a Marte parte, that is for sure. Um, I, I'm i just going to add on that one. I think there's not a chance in now the Marlins get three all-stars. Not a chance because of the, the voting system. is It's a popularity yeah. contest, fundamentally. So, it, you know, it's pumped out. You know, you can vote five million times and, you know, it's just a stupid system. So... I don't see the Marlins ever get three, even if they deserve three. Anyway, Dan, oh, Dan, I'm stitching you up here, mate. Uh, Eli Sussman, the main man behind Fish, Fish Stripes, has got, he's got some other Miggy-related one for you, mate. So he says Jazz Chisholm replaces Miggy as everyday shortstop during the season. What are you doing to me, man? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, it's um, <clears throat> it's, it's like a double-edged sword because, as I just said, you want to see you want to see Jazz Chisholm playing because he's, you know, apart from Sixto, maybe he's, he's arguably the most exciting prospects we have. Um, so I'm so high on him, but I don't ever want to watch Marlins baseball without Miggy Rowan. He just, he's just like he is for, for me. He is Marlins, so um, it's probably. <sighs> It's probably not a bad take. It, it probably, you know, there's there's some ground to it. There's some legs to it. Um, it all comes down really to if he can replicate last season's um, uh, sort of not only his play, but his influence on the team, Miggy, um, because he really did, when times were tough, he really rallied around to what, what he had on that incredible run. So, yeah, there is every chance. Again, it's you've done me here, as you say, because it's, it's another one where I don't want it to happen, but there's every chance it could do. So, um yeah, I think uh, I think I got. I'll stick with another seven. Now you've been solid sevens. What I need to say to you in these kind of 
orders or rankings or whatever, you need to remove the seven. Seven isn't available now. So where are you going? Right, I'll go slightly higher then. I'll give it an eight. Okay, there you go. There we sorry, go. Sorry, Mickey. Yeah. Love you. He'll be listening to. I know. He does. He does say he listens. So, um, right. Next one for you, Rob. We have Lorenzo. Again, this was quite a similar theme. So, this was Aguilar, Coop, and Duval. Two of the three are not Marlins to finish the year. That's Aguilar, Coop, and Duval. I think that's pretty likely. So I'll give that an eight. Yeah, or maybe a nine actually. I, I, even if we're, I think even if we're in it, I still think we probably trade away one. Or it it depends where where our need is. You know, you, you might trade Duval for a bullpen piece. Uh, it's still. I mean, we saw. I think I think what's going to happen. They're going to wait and see this DH situation. Is there is there a last minute deal? Does anything get done? I think if it doesn't, I think they'll be heavily shop shopping Aguilar early. Like, I know you don't want to, but if there's value and his value is there now, make the move. I just wouldn't want to see Cooper Loop losing at bats. I don't want to see Cooper Loop in right field either. So, there's always teams who are desperate. Yeah, they're, they're desperate yeah, to get in, and and they will trade away their their young stars. To, to get in yeah. and that's where we can pick up um and yeah so the the marlins will do that if we think that we we pretty much know that the chance of the braves not winning the division is pretty unlikely we know they're going to you know so the chances of us really getting the success we did last year is probably more unlikely but we've got you know plenty of players stacked up to those desperate teams trying to make that push into the post series into the uh, playoffs well yeah go oh yeah we'll take him we'll take him and here's some really good young players which we will then develop on uh, it makes sense like Aguilar Coop you don't really need two first basemen to hit from the same side that's the problem is they're not even a platoon option really so and and Duval, we'll see we'll see if the Marlins are in it you know it's it's a different conversation right you you'll keep all you guys but Let's see. Okay, right. Last uh, last way around the horn here, guys. Lee Dobbs, I've got for you uh, from Hunter. Jazz has a 2020 season. 20 bombs, 20 bags. Mm. Uh, I think, yeah, the 20 stolen bases, yeah. 20 home runs, that's... I mean, it's poss- yeah, I mean, it's possible. That's probably the, the more unlikely of the two. But... Uh, yeah, I'd go about a seven again. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the dreaded seven again oh, for that one, I think. Take the seven out, mate. You can't <laughs> yes. have seven. Then I'd go slightly lower, six. Six. I, I, I think that the home runs it, is the, the like, questionable one. Yeah, I'd say so. I think that's a fair assessment. I think if Jazz plays every day, he's, he's taking 20 bags easy. Easy. Yeah. So... Okay, Sean, over to you, buddy. Um, uh, we've had a similar one here. It's Kevin Parker, Sandy or Pablo, top five side. So let's, I mean, I think we've already discussed that. But his second point, which I think is interesting, <laughs> Mets missed the playoffs and are below 500. <laughs> Do you want me to put a score on that one? I can. <laughs> well, as I said earlier, I've got the Mets uh, in second place, I think. 
that's probably on balance of probability what's going to happen. They do, they are the Mets, as you said, and they have, you look at some of the expenditure that they've had, you know, obviously the trade for Lindor, he's a great player. That's one player. It only takes a slight tweak of a hammy and he's out for a month. Mm-hmm. James McCann, they spent an awful lot of money on somebody that really is a pretty average catcher, but compared to what they had as a catcher the year before, he's a significant improvement. So I think they are a better team. I think they probably do finish in second place, but they're the Mets and you never rule them out Mets in. So it could happen. I'll give it a six. Okay, well done. So you're avoiding sevens now too. I like I like the way this, this uh, podcast is going. Okay, right. A uh, bit of jazz for you as well, Dan. You've got jazz... Uh, is rookie of the year. This is from Will, by the way. So Jazz hits actually, you know, Jazz hits twenty home runs, and he's a rookie of the year. Um, so get your take on that one. Equally, he's also put Trevor Rogers is as good as six though. But what are your thoughts on those two? Um, yeah, I think both of them may be a little bit of a stretch. It comes down to how much they play. I think is going to be the main thing. Um, that's going to be. I think the talent is there. It might just be maybe a, a bridge too soon so far, but. They're, they're, in, they're in with a shout. I think it's just going to come down to, as I said, it's going to be the availability. Trevor Rogers has been great this uh, spring training. Really, really impressed me. Um, I don't think at the moment um, the trajectory is as high as uh, what I would put as six, though. I think that that's uh, al- almost comes under generational talent. I've never seen anything like it. I know I haven't been following baseball that long, um, but I think that's, uh, that's incredibly exciting. But um, yeah, I think that, I'm going to start, I can't do seven, so I'm going to go slightly lower again. I'm going to do six on both. Okay. Okay. And Rob Newell, for you, we have Cooper Loop is an all-star. And that is from Damien. As much as I'd love to say this is a 10, because if you take his form from last year and spring training, it's definitely there, isn't it? But the thing is, is that it depends how he's going to be used and it depends if if we have a you know no problems with fitness covid you know injuries whatever then he's always going to be in the split time issue with Aguilar or mm-hmm. with the outfield and yeah. that's where it could cause some issues if he remains if he gets everyday starts then he could be the first best first baseman out there uh, you know, and um, you know, it might sound wild because you've got Pete Alonso, you know, etc. But it's um, Freddie Freeman, not too bad either. Yeah, exactly. But you know, his stats could be as good as those if it continues on. So um, I think the actual real chances of this is a five. Yeah. But if he gets to start every day, then it is the dreaded seven. You can't have sevens. No, I've, I've given you a five. That's my caveat. You see, that's where yeah, I got around right. it. I like it. I like it. See what you did. Okay, I've actually missed one. I'm going to go back to Dan on this one to finish off. And it was, I haven't known who uh, posted this one. May have been a late entrant, but it was Miggy Rowe signs a new 100 million extension. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Well, nothing will make me happier. I don't care. The thing is, we've got money now, haven't we? We've got, and not only have we got money, we've got money from a loan company. So just borrow money off them and make it happen. So, uh, yeah, a a 10 all day long. Keep Mickey on statues, everything. There you go. Love it. All right, guys, that is, um, that is the Twitter 
tepid takes. I now want to hear from you guys. So let's let's finish things off with our hot take or two. And we will each give a score as we go around. So we'll try and move it along at a decent pace. Lee Dobbs, of course. Lead off, buddy. What you what you what have you got for us? And a note that the Marlins lead NL East at the All-Star break and then fall away a bit towards the end. Oh, oh baby. That's an interesting one. Sean, Sean, what have you got on that one? I think that's probably I can't say I can't go seven. I think I I'd go eight with that. Mm. I think Wow, they could get off to a hot start. It could be one of those situations where we said last year, get off to a good hot start, and we're in it. Oh, it's a longer season, so it won't be the way that way. We will slow down, and we will fall, you know, further behind. But yeah, early doors. There's no reason why we can't uh, expect to go into every series hoping for a win. Yeah, fair enough. So, what was your score then? Eight was that? That's an eight. An eight, solid eight. Dan, any uh, any higher or lower than an eight? So, are you happy there? Um, I think it is quite a hot take. Yeah, that is a hot take. <laughs> I think it's pretty hot. Um, I'm not sure historically whether Marlins are the best starters. So um, sometimes come good as the season goes on, maybe. But um, yeah, I'm not quite as optimistic as Sean there. I'm going to give it a six. <laughs> I, I was sitting there waiting for that, thinking, Oof, I mean, the All Star break. It's not like it's the first month where it just could just be, you know, a hot start. If you are leading the division at the All Star break. Yeah. Um, you are playing some serious ball. I mean, it could happen, but yeah, I, okay. I won't. I won't uh, lead the witness here. Rob Newell, what do you what do you think on this one? Uh, I think the chances are about three or four because it's just going to be such a close division. So yeah, I I, I think it's uh, it's unlikely. Okay. Okay. I'm. Oh, only because I think the Braves just going to truly run away with this one. I, I I've got it mid. You know, mid tier, I'll, I'll give a five or a six too. I'd be, I'd be surprised if the Marlins were win winning the division. You know, that far into the season, I'd love it, absolutely. So let's bookmark this one. Good one though, Lee. I like it. That was, I didn't expect that one. Let's put it that way. Bold, yeah. It was. It was bold, mate. Um, sure. Well, what have you got for us? I well, I don't know if mine's spicier or not, but that's you know spicy. I, I want to put some time into Cooper again, and I, I don't I know I'm going to talk about him more often than most people want to listen to, but he is my guy. I've got Coop hitting 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, and 300. Oh my days! I mean the batting average too. I mean that's and 100 100 RBI. Oh my days! It's a serious season. Uh, Dan? <laughs> oh, it's, hot. it's burning hot in here. Um, I love it. I love the optimism. Um, I think the 30 home runs is doable. I'm not sure about the 100 RBIs, though. I think you might have lost me there. You might have lost me there. But, um, look, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Sean. I, I'm, I'm quite high on Coop. Always have been loads of power there. Big guy. Um, I think he'll get the starting berth. Hopefully, um, I know he'll, he'll switch in and out throughout the season. That may that may hinder it as well. I think we've uh, sharing it with Aguilar, but um, yeah, I think that might be a bridge too far. So um, sorry, mate. I'm giving it a five. Oh boy, Rob Newell. Yes, uh, I, I I think it's uh, I, I think it's the 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 
kind of the, the batting average, I think, would be uh, quite difficult to maintain. Um, I'd, it'd be if he got starts every day, he could hit that number of RBIs. It, it could happen because he, uh, you know, just continuing on that form. So to hit all of those stats, uh, you know, but the chances of home runs and RBIs isn't actually too far away. So um, oh. I'll, 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 I'll do a five. I'll be a bit more optimistic. That's very optimistic. I just, problem with Coop, it's the playing time again, right? When you want the counting stats in particular, like the RBIs is, I, like Dan, I think that's a tough one. The 100 RBIs, if you're playing two-thirds of the games, is pretty much impossible, I would say. So for me, and that for that reason alone, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a three. Um, Lee, finish us up on this one. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's unlikely. I'm saying... Yeah, mainly just the the playing the playing time you know isn't there I think for the whole season. Yeah. So I mean that, that yeah I mean it could be but I mean the, the home runs yeah you know you know that's doable but yeah for me it's just the playing time it won't be enough so yeah about three. Yeah, there you go. Three is the bottom end of sevens, isn't it? You know, it's the yeah, you yeah. take a three away. What do you go with? Oh, I'll give it a two then. Yeah, two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here he is. Here he is, Mr. Hype. What have we got? <laughs> Mine's actually a little bit more... After hearing them two, mine's a little bit more sensible. I was thinking I might have to change this. Um, Add a the, zero the, on it. Yeah, the um, <laughs> the Marlins have only... Um, since the rebrand, since obviously changing from the Florida Marlins to the Miami Marlins, we've only actually gone over 0.500 once, and that was in last year's sprint season. Um, so I'm actually saying that we will beat that. This will be our best record over a season considering this is now a full season 162 mm. games i think that we will be better than our best average of i think it was 0.517 off of memory our win percentage last year in that short sprint season so yeah. i'm saying a lot of people were saying look you know you, you, fair play to you tip of the hat you did what you did but you wouldn't do that over a 162 regular season well my take is that yes we will and we'll improve on it okay rob newell you have first dibs on this one um, so my answer is a 10, I think, it because I predicted 88 wins. So, yep, I think it's going to happen. Love it. Just a brief pause, actually. Do, I want to flag this up to you guys on the pod, the listeners as well, if, particularly if you're based in the UK, but actually the US doesn't matter. You can bet too. Uh, I had a message from uh, Rob Langley, who runs uh, the Nats UK account, uh, as you've all spoke with over the years. He messaged me. I think he'd had a few beers on board. He went, Pete. I've been listening to you on Twitter. Skybet has the Marlins over under at 71 wins. Bang. We should I'm absolutely all... smash that, right? I'm all over that. Exactly. And I was like, holy moly, that is way too low. <laughs> so anyway, I went on to Skybet and I, I put in as the max amount I could bet on that on that line. They wouldn't let me have more than 120 quid on it. Um, that's where they capped me out. But anyway, just to call it out that that's what Skybet have got. We're all on this podcast going 80 plus wins. <laughs> Skybet's line, Vegas's line is around about 70, 71. So do with that information what you will. I'm going to invest in my future. <laughs> um, and for me, it's a 10, by the way, uh, in case you hadn't, hadn't realized. Lee, what about you? Yeah, I think I had, what, like 84 wins oh, above the. So yeah, a, a ten for me. Sure. 
No, I had 76 wins. So even as the most pessimistic of, the, of all of us, I'm well over that over for the Sky bet. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't it. take that as a recommendation from me, but I'm certainly <laughs> going to be looking at that myself. Oh. Uh, I, I am low on 76 wins, I'll admit, but that's built in with optimism going into the season. I think I've set a base where I want to be. I could go higher, but I've, I've set myself where I want to be with the chance of more. So the idea that they, they get 83, 84 wins, that's only sort of five, six, seven more wins. I think that could happen. I can't go 10 with the rest of you because I, my starting point is lower. So I'll go an eight there. Okay. Seems fair. Uh, Dan, that was, yeah. I may come back to you at the end of this one, just in case you've got anything else up your sleeve, anything else that's going to blow our minds. The standard was set at a level that was unmatchable, I think. <laughs> okay, Rob Newell, what is in your locker, senor? Um, I'll give you a hot take. And I don't think this has happened since 2015. Oh, I have to double check, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, we have a winning record over the Braves. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. That is, that's a great one, by the way. I think it's me first to tackle it too. Um, do you know what? It's so tough because they're a good team. They handled us in the, in the postseason. They they handled us during the season. Do you know what though? I'm going to give it a an eight. I'm going to give it an eight. Do you know why? Jose Arena is gone. None of the paraphernalia to do with anything of that is gone. It's gone now. Um, I think that clears everyone's heads. We just go in there and we play our ball and we can we can beat up on them. I the more I thought about the Braves, the more I'm I'm wondering, you know, sometimes these teams that have been good for a few years in a row, I don't know, they sometimes just unexpectedly fall off a cliff from nowhere. I don't know. It's just something like nagging in the back of my mind. I was, I've already said five times, they're the class of this division. They're going to run, run, run away with it. And now I'm saying I've got doubts. Anyway, eight out of 10 that we have a winning series, a winning record over the Braves. Uh, Lee Dobbs on that one. Uh, I say, well, I've seen us lose to him so, so many times. That. I know. It's hard to suddenly go against, as you're saying, in the playoffs, you know, you know, they easily won. So I think we might be closer. You know, we, we might win a few more, but I still think they would take the series over the whole season. So maybe a four. Yeah, tough. Sean, what about you? I'm, I'm on a six, actually. And it's for one reason only. The Braves have two left lefties in their starting rotation. Marlins, they can hit lefties. Brinson season. Brinson can hit lefties. Coop yeah. can hit lefties. Aguila can hit lefties. And we're, we're talking about secondary guys here. We're talking about guys that we're not expecting to hit well. So if we can plug in a couple of lefty hitters with the rest of the lineup, I think we've got a chance against the Braves every, every game. Like it. Good, you know, good work on the fly then as well to, to dig that one out. Uh, Dan, what about you for this one? I, I do love this podcast because, as you said, as you said, Pete, you, you spend all, all episodes saying that they're going to just storm the lead. They're too strong, and then you go, "Yeah, for no reason, for absolutely no reason, no substance behind it. They're going to fall off a cliff, and we're going to have a winning record against them." It's the it's 
brilliant I, I love it um i i've they are to us like we are to the phillies that, that, we, that we just can't get through them. um i think it's a reach it's it, you never know stranger things have happened um i'm going to be quite low on it i'm afraid i'm going to give it a four sorry rob i wonder what um bob bamber will give it like minus 10 <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's well we'll get his take on it i know he listens too so uh, we'll see what his view all right the last, the last ones, unless there's any, is there anything else before I finish up? Any others you want to throw in the ring? Nope. Okay. We're all good. The guys are shaking their heads. I have actually got two. So sorry about that, but it is what it is. First one, Jazz steals over 40 bases in 2021. 40 bags or more for Jazz Lee Dobbs. Oh. Start with a 10, please. Oh, it's a lot. It is a lot. But, uh, I mean, doable, I suppose, but it'd be a lot. It'd have to be healthy all season, you know, playing you know, nearly every game. Uh, i give it a, a six. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The way we've removed the seven is yeah. the way we changed it. <laughs> yeah, oh, Sean, six, yeah. what have you got? Well, he is a lot, and he does have the, <laughs> he does have the speed for it, but... I just don't see him getting on base enough to get 40 stolen bases. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm going to have to go four. Oh boy. Down the man. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I think he's getting on base to start with that may be the issue here. I think that, um, you know, it's. I think the Marlins will lead the uh, the NL East in stolen bases this year. I think that, the, that that's that's a shout. And I think that it will, it will get close. I think it could have a three in it. I think that um, I think it will start with a three. Sorry, um, I think forty is a bit of a stretch, mate. A bit of a stretch. Uh, I'll give it. I'll give it a four as well. Okay, Rob Newell. Yeah, the other thing is that if somebody's hot and stealing bases, they're normally targeted for that. Albeit, pretty much most of our team are good at stealing bases, so it could be very difficult to for uh, the, you know to us to be targeted in that way. It is a lot, and he would really have to take full ownership of that second base position or shortstop, um, and get on base a lot and be like, you know, this is you know this is the guy that that Jeter picked out and said he looks like me. So you know, so I'm anyway. I'm danced around this. I give it a five. Okay, fair enough. Right, and the one final one we may land in a similar zone with this, but. I've said it on a different pod, so I'm going to say it here too. Alfaro leads the entire major leagues in oppo with the boppos. Opposite field home runs, Alfaro leads all of MLB. Oh, baby, Lee Dobbs. Oh, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a tough one to, to really start with. Uh I mean, he he could, you know, you know, he doesn't like to, you know, you know, smash them out. So, but I mean, I mean, last he was pretty, you know, pretty poor. So, uh, I give it a four. Unlikely. That's being kind to think, but a four. <laughs> All right, Sean, higher or lower than a four? I mean, he's got power for days. I think. I think if we're looking for him to hit 20, 25 home runs, there's no reason why he couldn't hit six or seven to the opposite field. He's got that kind of power. Yeah. So 
because we're not talking about total home runs, we're only talking about Oppo. Yeah, I'd give that a. Yeah, I wanted to say seven. I'll give it an eight. Oh, oh yes. Okay, we got some in here, Dan. Dan the man. Um. <laughs> I would just like to see him hit some runs, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> let, alone, let alone Oppo. Um, I really, really don't want to end. You know what? I'm sort of as much as um, hype and all the rest of it as I can be. I'm going to really struggle to sell any hype on this one. Um, I think that's a yeah, that's that's a reach, Pete. That's a real reach. Uh, what did Lee say? Was it a two? A four, I said. Four. All right. Let's be let's be optimistic <laughs> and go with go with Lee. I'll give it a four as well. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Poor show. Rob Dool, clean I, I, up spot. I think it's going to be a one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the optimistic, one of the optimistic ones. So uh, I, I think it's unlikely. Um, I, I, Alfaro's got a bit to prove. <laughs> oh, well right. delivered. Well delivered, buddy. That sentence there will stick with me forever. Mm. <laughs> Alfaro has a bit to prove. <laughs> Wonderful, guys. Hang on, hang on, hang on. One last. There's one bit of hype we haven't done Go on. and gone round with. Chance of the Marlins reaching the World Series. Oh, oh baby! I was about to say if we got anything more. There we go. I tell you what. Let's start with a make the postseason. Doesn't matter if they win the division or wild card. Let's start there. Do they make the postseason? Then we'll get into World Series. So Marlins in the postseason 2022 standard format, Lee. Don't be thinking of all these late last minute changes. Standard format, one to ten. Make the postseasons. <laughs> I nearly said uh, eight. <laughs> An eight. Okay, Sean Barrett, give it to me. Uh, make the playoffs. Uh, a lot would have to happen. Three. Oh dear me, Dan Healy. Here's your time. Yeah, screw it. Uh, eight. <laughs> Rob? Just just blind optimism only. Eight. Out Doesn't of 10. matter. Miggy Row extension, 100 million. <laughs> um, book your COVID secure flights now, 10. Oh, my days. Rob Newell is all in. And uh, I'm all in. I've already said I'm in. 88 wins gets us in. We are in. I'm a 10 too. Okay. Oh, things start to get tricky now. Let's not bother about divisions, series, <laughs> wild card appearance, not wild card, world series appearance, one to ten. Lee, you already, what, what were you that they got into the playoffs? And you were six. Uh, eight to, uh, eight to, to get in. in. Eight, okay. Yeah, eight to get in. Okay. Oh, to win it, uh, <laughs> to be in it. In it. Oh. It's just being it. Oh, that'd be, that'd have to get past the Dodgers, Padres, Tough. Braves. Yeah. Uh, two. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, what about you? Make a World I'm, Series appearance. I'm free to get into the playoffs. And if we're talking about 162, every time the Marlins have made the playoffs in a regular, a regular season, they've made the World Series. So that's for free as well. Okay. Dan? No. Um, as kindly as possible, 
Uh, they're three and a half thousand to one to get into to to win it. I don't know if that's to get into it, but to win it. Look at um, you. You've, so, got, you've got your betting account open now, and I've mentioned the yeah. over unders. So um, just in no other way than just putting it as though stranger things have happened, i.e., Leicester City winning the Premier League at five thousand to one. Yeah. Um, on that basis, I'll give it a two rather than a one. Fair enough, Rob. <laughs> well, you, you never know. The Rays managed to get in last year basically on a kind of a money ball technique, didn't they? And destroying the Pittsburgh Pirate franchise completely yes. um, and and others with, with amazing trades. And you can do it. And strangely enough, the two years that, that was, was the, the last time the Marlins especially won the World Series, it was a team which was built on slightly unproven youngsters with a bit of experience in there and they were not fancied at all and so you never know, um, but the chances are, yeah, the realist realist in me says two or three, but, you know, yeah, let's, let's give it a six. <laughs> Brilliant. Wonderful. Rob Newell has come to party today. I absolutely loved it. I So I'm a 10, they get in. I am a four that they make it though it is incredibly tough in the in the NL side of the draw it, it truly is so you know four out of ten chance that we make the World Series <sighs> I mean absolutely take those odds right now I'm not sure they're the real odds well the bookies tell us they aren't but <laughs> what do they know um, love it guys probably should have ended it on Rob's one to be fair six they make the the World Series so Guys, it's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. That hour has absolutely flown by in no time. Um, the most surprising thing of this whole podcast is that Dan was out-hyped by at least three people, if not four. I have a word of myself. Sorry, it's because it's been such a topsy-turvy season with the heat. I've, I'm, I'm all emotionally out of whack. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'll get there. I'll get there. Absolutely, mate. Well, listen, I want to thank you for hopping back on, mate. Um, Pleasure. You know, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be a predictions hype podcast without you buddy so really appreciate the time um lee dobbs sean barrett rob newell thanks to you as well guys as always thanks to the listeners of course we'll be back next tuesday and we will well we'll have some real baseball to to get into some real regular season we would have finished the series against the rays and where we where are we second actually where's the where's the second series mets is it Braves, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's Braves. I was thinking Braves. Hold on a minute. Let's let's get the. No, we've got the Cardinals. Oh, God. There we go. So there we go. We got Rays, Cardinals, then Mets, then Braves, then Giants, then Orioles, then Giants, then Brewers. Oh. I mean, we've got a real. I mean, we'll get into this next week. <laughs> I was just trying to say goodbye. We've got a real soft touch of a schedule there. I think I'm looking Cards, Giants, Orioles, Brew Crew. Yeah. Anyway, I think I need to revisit my uh, my numbers here. I think I've, I haven't realised the schedule. Lee, I think we're going to be leading at the All-Star break. Yeah, see? <laughs> well, I said. There you go. Well, on that note, guys, appreciate it. Episode 86 in the books, back next Tuesday. Looking forward to it. I hope Sandy goes absolutely bananas on opening day. I hope Cooper Loop hits two bombs and I hope Alfaro hits one upper with a boppo. Things can get started quick and maybe Jazz steals three bags. So until then, guys, stay safe. Go fish. <laughs> <laughs>